Welcome back to The Shelf Oddities. My name is Erie. And I'm Serafina. And this week we are talking about herbs and my herb garden and we're going to take a trip to the greenhouse. But before we get into that, I know I typically ask you, what are you excited about? But I know what you're excited about and that's because it's BLT season and you are at my house and we are going to have BLTs for dinner. And I am so excited. So excited. I cannot wait. I I'm excited for this podcast, but I'm more excited about dinner. I am always excited about dinner. There are two reasons to live, and that's to sleep and to eat, in yeah. my personal opinion. Yep. But specifically, I love tomatoes. I love tomatoes so much. I know that's a spicy hot take for a lot of people, but I will eat an entire tomato like a freaking apple. Yeah, me too. And love every second of it. I buy special salt just yes. to eat tomatoes. I've basically dedicated my whole life to making sure that I never have to eat store-bought tomatoes again because they always taste like disappointment. And uh, I have, like I said earlier, specialized salt. That's flaky sea salt. That's a Maldon sea salt, and it is amazing. So later, after this podcast, I am about to make the best BLTs for us, and I'm so pumped. So other than that, is there anything else you're excited about? Not really. I am excited that you managed to find my white whale Halloween item, mm. which was a Ray Dunn coffee mug that says haunted. It's black and white. And it has a topper that's a haunted house. We will post a picture of this we on Instagram. Will post a picture. It's too cute not to share. It's incredible. I don't normally like Ray Dunn, yeah. but I do like holiday, specifically Halloween Ray Dunn. And that particular mug has been on my list for two years have never seen it Serafina walks into a was it a home goods yeah it was and saw about 15 of them yeah so I'm very excited to finally have my mug I'm also excited that spirit of Halloween is okay <laughs> the one near mine I've already been there about three times I feel bad for haunting them but I'm looking for a ghost face shirt that I have not been able to find yet and I will continue to haunt them until I have it so yeah and I'm gonna walk those hollowed halls too because there's a couple shirts I want and I'm just excited that we're in this time. I can't wait. This is kind of one of the last episodes before we get into the spookier stuff that we have set up for October. And it's a lighter episode for that, but it's not going to stop me from talking about Halloween because I live for this. I am so excited for just this season. Every Halloween gets better. I find more so what I'm most excited about and I spend all year preparing for that and this year is going to be a blast and I am so excited that I get to share it with you more regularly since we have this commitment and um, I'm excited to see what happens so yeah we'll I know that we typically keep a lot of our Instagram posts pretty episode specific but we're going to share a lot of Halloween stuff that we have because I think if you're listening to this you probably like Halloween stuff um, and then of course since we are talking more so about greenery and plants something that i'm very excited about that happened if you look to your right that rubber tree that i have right next to you it opened up its leaf last night a new leaf on it it's right in between those two big ones up top and it's so cute and tiny and um i'm just so excited that's that was my first i've always had cats and um, now that the situation's a little different, not super different, but a little different to where now I can have a space for houseplants. That was the first houseplant I've bought with in the mindset of having true houseplants and not something that goes outside. And that's my first new leaf ever. And now here it is. He showed up. Look at him. 
Yeah, and um, their name is Tink. It's a good name. Rubber plant named Tink because they're the Tinnake species of rubber plants. So their name's Tink. Proud of you, Tink. So cute. Tink threw out a new leaf, and I am pumped. Um, so yeah, so like I was saying before, I know that we love to talk about history and the beginnings on things that touch our life. Today I thought we'd look to the future. I've been working on harvesting some herbs before the first frost of our season, and I wanted to talk about them. So of course, before I start, I'm a gardener, not a physician. So when you hear me talk about herbs working for me, please don't take any of it as medical advice. Please don't take any of it as medical advice. I am not, um, I know I, I talk a lot of stuff. I spend a lot of time educating myself. I don't do anything that's super risky, but if you are someone who listens to podcasts and then takes that advice as, as truth, please know this is just about what works for me. I'm just your friendly village witch. And, um, Please keep that in mind. This episode's going to be a little odd. It's right before spooky season, as I said earlier. And I figured we'd spend some time in the garden together before it falls waste to winter. This will be one of the few episodes I will give you the foresight and encouragement that it's okay to grab a snack or eat a meal, sit down, grab a cup of tea. There's nothing too ill-favored in this one. I want to bring you on a journey through the greenhouse and through my herb stores for this winter. That's truly my soul's motivation. I'm a dead husk of a being every day in summer with the only goal to grow abundance for fall and winter. That's when I truly start blooming as a person. I think you're pretty much the same. Very much so. A season of Mabon or Mabon or Mabin uh, is my favorite food holidays. Some call it harvest home, most call it Thanksgiving. I don't really like to celebrate it as Thanksgiving because what a mess of a history to celebrate, truly. Preach. But my soul is deeply entrenched in gratitude for the harvest and the preparation for the end of the year. Setting my intentions for a wonderful winter sits with my ancestors who work their asses off every year to survive those dark, cold days. With all of their hard work to plant trees they would never sit under for shade, I get to enjoy the fall and winter, and I don't take that lightly. A fire, a blanket, a big dinner, and a nice warm cup of tea is on my schedule every day from November 1st to March 1st. With all of that in mind, let me tell you about some of my favorite herbs I'm storing this year to make that all possible. Our first herb we're going to talk about is going to be basil, which is basically my first love in the garden. If you have noticed when walking through my garden, I do grow about seven different types of basil. I'm basically 30% basil in my genetic makeup. I grow your typical green mamalo basil, a lemon basil, a holy basil, which does smell ethereal. Wait, what makes it holy? Not to interrupt you. Uh, it's a Thai delicacy. It's something that the Thai culture re regarded as holy. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I grow a beautiful dark opal basil for the goth garden, but this season... I have fallen in love with blue spice basil. It smells like a delectable bakery item from the Netherlands. I'm storing so much of this basil for this winter because I make blue spice basil tea. I use it as an iced tea in the summer, but it'll be used as a warm tea for winter. I'm sure basil tea strikes your soul as odd because who would ever think basil is a nice drink, but blue spice basil tea is basically a vanilla iced latte with no dairy added. It's smooth and a little spicy and has a sweet vanilla taste to it. 
Um, I have recorded a TikTok or a tiny video to show you how to make it at home. It's super simple. Basically, you boil some water, steep your basil for 20 minutes, strain it out, and add honey while it's still warm. And then you add ice. And that's it. You don't even need the video, but that's the whole recipe. I figure some people like to see things visually, but it's really that simple. Super simple, super delicious. Another herb, I have Herb. <laughs> Hi, Herb. Have you been watching The Sandman? No. We've been watching The Sandman and they're all so British. <laughs> herb. Another herb. Another herb I have allotted a lot of shelf space to is thyme. This herb is a wonderful aromatic that has many uses, but I have a recipe that's a huge part of my heart. This is something that I've made for you, Erie. Actually, it's called fondant potatoes. This is where you cut the potato peel off and fry the top and bottom in some oil, wipe the oil from that pan, and then you add butter, bone broth, and a lot of thyme in that flaky sea salt I was talking about with the tomatoes earlier. Maldon sea salt does not sponsor us, but if they do, please, a five gallon bucket sent to my house would be amazing. <laughs> I go through that much of it, I swear. Um, so you throw all of that in the oven for like 40 minutes and you get a nice skin on the outside and a soft bite on the inside with all of these herbs. It's truly a comfort meal for me and a safe food for my ADHD. So here in this house, we have it like two, three times a week during the winter. It's very good. I have had it myself and it was absolutely incredible. You can't go wrong with a good potate. You really can't. And having a nice potate that I also grow, I do, I, I, I give a lot of space to potates this year. And uh, I'm excited for that harvest as well. So our next herb is calendula or calendula, depending on what state you're from or what country you're from. Here in the north, it's uh, calendula. In the south, it's calendula. Um, but I call it calendula. It is calendula if you look at it like if you're hooked on phonics. <laughs> um, but it's a beautiful flower. It's typically orange. Uh, not only is it a perfect trap crop for pests in the garden, it also gives your skin some wonderful benefits. So this one, it is edible, and I know that we've been talking about herbs in the culinary way, but it looks beautiful in salads and in herb butters. I use it mostly on my skin. I throw a couple handfuls of dried flowers and some olive oil, and I let that sit for a month or longer. And then I take that uh, oil, I strain it out, and mix it with some brown sugar to make an amazing sugar scrub. And I've been using that now for on and off for about a year. And I just, every time I run out of it, I really do miss it. So I've spent a lot of time this summer making sure I had enough to get me through winter so that my, my skin doesn't get all crackly like it sometimes does with that dry, dry winter wind. All right, so let's get back into food. So earlier I talked about my bone, our Thanksgiving, and in this house we eat a big feast multiple times during the colder season. We have one major feast with all the ingredients, and then we have smaller, less dishes on the table type feasts. But my staple dishes for all of those tables is a sage cornbread. I have a from scratch way to make it and an easy way to make it, depending on how many spoons I have to give that day for preparation. Both are delicious, both are good. The easiest way is to go to a store, grab a pre-made thing of cornbread, crumble it up, 
add a couple eggs, a splash of chicken broth if you had it, a bunch of diced celery and onion, and as much sage as you'd like. I love sage. I love sage so much that my cornbread almost looks green when it comes out. You add a dash of salt, mix it up, throw it in the oven until it's a texture you like. Some love a dry stuffing, some love a dense stuffing, and who am I to judge? Throw it on your plate with a little gravy and thank me once you've recovered from your food coma. Sage is a well-revered herb when it comes to herbalism. It's touted to have benefits for stress relief, digestion, and circulation. Some use it to make tea to aid their menstrual cycles. To call back to an earlier episode, Hippocrates was said to have found that sage aided the psychotic, which I'm grateful that we've come a long way from his version of psychotic. It is supposed to help those going through stress find discomfort, and who doesn't need that in this chaotic world? There is some debate on whether garlic is an herb or not, because most of us use it in our daily life as an aromatic partner to our meal, and we go through a lot of that here. I'm using it in soups, in sauces, on pizzas, on bread, you name it, there's garlic in it in this house. It has great properties for the immune system and the cardiovascular system. I always make sure we have a nice basket full of garlic. It protects us from the vampires we don't want to cross our threshold, and it also reminds the vampires we do want to join us at our tables that the Lannisters aren't the only ones able to send their regards need be. Yikes, that's noted, because uh, we always joke that I'm the vampire, so uh, good to know, great. Yeah, I wrote that uh, just for you. Boundaries are healthy, you know. Another herb you will find on our table is rosemary. It's wonderful to add to your brine or your dry rub for a turkey. I also will make aluminum foil packets and add butter and rosemary on top of our chicken. It's a rich source of antioxidants and anti-inflammatory compounds. It lends its hands to the brain, clearing brain fog and improving memory functions. Between all the sage and the rosemary I use in the cold months, my brain is in tip-top shape. I'm not psychotic or foggy, and that's just with the dinner's help. And now that I've made everyone hungry, I'm going to switch back to a medical herb I'm storing, which is yarrow. I grew white traditional yarrow in my garden this year, and I'm so taken with it. I actually first came across this in Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> I knew about it before then, but Arthur really, uh, he picks a lot of it. Well, at least in my gameplays, he picks a lot <laughs> of it. Um, and I've always seen it in different colors, being with a, fl uh, a florist and a fl farmer flower background. I've seen it in every color, um, but not white, and white is the traditional uh, wildflower that is used in herbalism. So I spent a lot of time growing it and I have so much of it right now in the yard that I am picking. And I have a bunch of bunches, a bunch of bunches. Uh, I actually have one right there. If you look next to my calendar, that against the closet there, that's Yarrow. Um, that was for you, if you were wondering, not me. them. Yeah, no, that yeah. was for you. Audience, I do see it. <laughs> Um, it dries beautifully when hung upside down, and it also lends itself to your medicinal bag. Yarrow is a warrior's herb, named for Achilles, actually. It has styptic properties, and when dried and ground in a mortar and pestle and applied to a fresh wound, it will stop the bleeding quickly. You can do this with fresh leaves and petals as well, but for winter, I will be powdering them. You can add it to a tincture, and it will help stimulate digestion internally, or help with the healing of bruises externally. Truly a wonderful herb when it comes to helping out our meat suit. 
this season I was lucky to have a bountiful harvest of chamomile. Chamomile tea, of course, will be served this winter, encouraging our state of relaxation. Chamomile is one of the oldest and most widely used and well-documented medicinal plants in the world and has been recommended for a variety of healing applications. I went and back to the National Medical Library website that I, uh, the same website that I used for the Four Humors, actually. I've, I really like that website. Um, and they, that's where I found out a lot of this stuff about chamomile, which is that approximately 120 secondary metabolites have been identified in chamomile, including 28 terpenoids and 36 flavonoids. Most of these are best preserved in an alcohol tincture. You're going to ask me what those are, aren't you? Of course. That's all right. We'll talk about it later. Most of those are best preserved in an alcohol tincture if you're looking to use it for these healing elements. It's wonderful in a poultice for swelling and cramping. It's also pleasant just to smell, either in a simmer pot or bath, so it's not surprising that it's traditionally been used for aromatherapy and hygiene. I do appreciate it for its medicinal uses, but this winter I am most looking forward to making a honey chamomile cake. I told you this would be a good episode to listen to while you're eating. All right, and this little number here will be our last culinary herb, good old cayenne pepper. And I know I can hear your little squeaks. That's not an herb, that's a food. Well, it's like garlic. Things can be two things, my dear. The world is a funny place. I store it by drying it in the dehydrator and then grounding it down to a fine powder. It has been used in many Asian historical societies for arthritis and joint pains when applied topically. Ye old Ben Gay, if you will. <laughs> When ingested, it has uses for circulatory and digestion issues as well. I use it to season most things. I use it in chilies, which I typically make once a week. I use it on dry rubs for grilling and roasting. I actually have a few plants over here that are Korean chilies. Amazing too is their name. And they're the type of chili flakes you traditionally see in a kimchi. I use them just like I'd use cayenne. They are a heat that doesn't travel after ingested. No burning throat or tummy fever. Just a quick, delicious heat that isn't appreciated in Western cultures like I think it should be. The mother-in-law's brand has a Korean chili uh, flake, just like we would have a red pepper flake. And I bought that about two or three years ago when I started getting into fermented foods. And that gave me such a deep appreciation for it. So if you're looking for somewhere to go to try something like that, but you don't have a whole season to grow specific peppers for that, I would heavily recommend that. And our last herb that I want to mention is elderberries. We are lucky to live in an area where we have a few elderberry farms that have a U-pick every year. And while I'm not harvesting from my own plants just yet, I do make a point to have elderberry around the house. This one I truly do use just medicinally, and that's an elderberry syrup or gummies. If you make this syrup, you can of course just add gelatin to your brew and use a mold to make gummies. They are more delicious than you think they would be, being a medical berry, and they help us fight off that little sniffle you get when the weather decides that it's cold and then warm and then cold and warm and cold <laughs> all over and over again. We do live in Ohio, uh, yeah. also weather unpredictable completely here. Yes, and elderberries really do help. I don't have a simple recipe for that, so I would recommend looking one up. Um, there's a bunch, I mean, I followed a couple different YouTube tutorials for a while, 
just trying to see which one I like the most, but every time it turns out delicious and it is really nice to have on hand. I mentioned simmer pots earlier and would like to talk about them more now, what they are and what they're good for, because they are a huge part of having herbs in the winter for us. At their baseline, they are a beautiful way to bring in, in quotation marks, chemical-free aroma to your household. I say in quotation marks because I hope most of our listeners are aware that most things are chemicals. So saying chemical-free doesn't really mean what you think it is. So maybe we can gently settle on non-synthetic aromas to your home. So how I typically set up my simmer pots are taking a pot, you can use whatever you would like. I typically use a heavy bottom enameled cast iron and I've also used a sauce pot, but typically now I stick to that enameled cast iron because this will be on your stove for a while. I fill it up with about three cups of water to start, adding a citrus, typically orange slices, an earthy spice like cinnamon or clove, and something aromatic like rosemary or pine. And then you bring that all to a simmer. I don't even really take it to a real simmer, just a little bit so we're getting a little wave of of steam here and there. Nothing too spicy. And then you leave it be. Occasionally adding water here or there when you see it evaporate. I don't love turning on heat in this castle very often. I love a draft and a blanket. But houseplants need a little humidity under those grow lights, so I will leave that simmer pot on for hours. If you have pets, these tend to be safer than plug-ins or oil diffusers. Not that I'm against either of those, I just have dogs and cats and found these to be a wonderful addition that I don't have to be afraid for their safety. Those of us who are in our witchy ways can find magical properties to simmer pots. You can add bay leaves with an intentional word or add specific ingredients to help manifest whatever you'd like to work on. A cauldron of cozy, smelly goodness for all of those cold days. I know I could talk to about herbs and their uses for ages, so let me stop myself and ask you, you know, do you typically use a simmer pot or do you have any questions? Um, I don't use a simmer pot. I do use some herbs, though. I am also a witch, though um, my witchy ways are not as plant-inclined. Yeah, green witch-inclined is the best way to put it. Um, I was lucky enough that when I first started getting into my witchy ways, I bought a lot of my things in Salem proper, a lot of the tools that I use, and also my first dip into herbs. So lavender, chamomile, those are two two big ones that are fairly easy to get a hold of. Um, I definitely burn dry herbs in a cast iron small cauldron that fits on my altar. Um, so I definitely understand that part and the magical properties for sure. Yeah. Is there anything that you would add? I mean, I know I talked about like the bay leaf or anything, but is there anything that you specifically like to keep around or keep on hand? Um, I always have lavender and chamomile, just to mention those two, and then cinnamon isn't an herb, but that's like a end-all be-all. You're going to use it for pretty much everything, yeah. that and clove as well. Um, I did want to ask you about the magical properties associated with basil, though, because um, I know that there are some and that I started using it on the first of every month when I re-up my prosperity um, with blowing cinnamon into the door. Mm. Uh, There's something that you do with basil as well, so I wanted a little bit more information on what magical properties are associated with basil. So when it comes to basils, 
herbalistic and metaphysical properties or magical properties. I was talking about all of these herbs in a holistic sense and not so much as an herbalism plus magic sense. I know that that's not everybody's cup of tea, so I didn't want to drag it down everybody's throats, like a nice cup of basil tea, if you will. And I figured now if you're asking about it, if you're not interested in that, you can kind of skip forward or we appreciate you for hanging out with us until now. But with basil, holistically, you're looking at some anti-inflammatory help. There is some menstrual aid help as well in that. And you're also looking at there are people who will crush it up and use it to help bug bites. So get, get that itch out of your skin. Magically, it is used for abundance. So when you're talking about your prosperity uh, jars or prosperity bowls that you're doing in your protection wards, uh, it's typically used to call in success, to call in some peace, some protection. Um, Tulsi basil, which is holy basil that we were talking about earlier, in traditional Hindu, that or belongs to the goddess of good fortune, which is Lakshmi. And in the voodoo tradition, you're looking at this herb is belonging to uh, the spirit of luxury. So, you know, basil, that deep green color, is always going to be associated with prosperity and money. Good to know. That's definitely why I would say that it's included in your... Uh, monthly prosperity ritual then. I am glad I sprinkled it in my doorstep then. Yeah, I mean, I actually don't do that, which is really funny because I've always just followed, like, traditional. Um, you know, kind of what I've been told, and that's something that I'm looking forward to is branching out a little more with that kind of stuff. So that was actually a wonderful question. I really appreciate that. I know that um, I actually saw someone talking about how they use it in better business spells. So something something interesting uh, to hear about. So if all of a sudden you're like, why was I drawn to this podcast and why am I here right now? It's because we put basil in our spells and we're so happy to have you. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so my next question was actually about sage. Is the sage you're referencing garden sage? Yes, okay. I only specifically use garden sage. Because if you're using white sage and that's a part of a close tradition that you're not a part of, you're trash. Agreed, 100%. Just wanted to make sure we mentioned that. Yeah, of course. Um, and then uh, you called out alcohol tinctures earlier. Tell me more about that. Give me a little info. Sure. So are you looking for, like, how to make one or what they're what used for? What are they? I don't oh, you don't I know don't, much about them? I don't them? know anything about them, actually. Oh, well, girl, let me tell you some things. All right. So the basic of an alcohol tincture, which traditionally are just would be called tinctures, are they're alcohol based and you're steeping herbs in them for a longer period of time so sometimes a couple weeks sometimes a month it depends i don't typically i don't i don't time anything i just put things in and then have them on deck for when i need them later but you're looking at a high proof ethyl alcohol so you're you know your common household alcohols I know some people seep them in vodka as well. I've seen a lot of vodka, um, which, you know, shout out to potatoes for being just the most useful thing in the world. Some people do use vinegar, but typically you're ingesting them and ingesting just straight vinegar somehow seems worse to me than alcohol or just straight vodka. 
So the alcohol helps to extract and concentrate the medical constituents, the molecules and properties that plants have within their cells. It helps break them down a little bit and hold them in a concentrate as you would say uh, a nice vanilla if you um, if you are someone who does a lot of scratch cooking you'd know this but some people don't most vanilla when it's not like imitation vanilla is just vanilla beans and vodka it's a tincture vanilla that you use in your banking is just a vanilla tincture so it's basically the same idea that's cool yeah i didn't know that about vanilla yeah i actually have like a quart jar of vanilla beans and vodka that i've been using for since before covid because i start that's when i started doing most of my scratch cooking and uh, it served me well and all you do is you just keep adding vodka to it as you use it throughout the year so there's some people who um are have been lucky enough to be taught through tradition and through generations who are using their great great grandmother's vanilla bean tincture basically (laughs) which is really cool yeah that's really neat well my final question i suppose is what oddity are you because uh we forgot to do that at the beginning of this episode ouch um that's like a wonderful question now um yeah sorry i was just so excited about getting into this topic because i just like talking about plants that's fair um i would say the oddity i am this week is like a perfectly pinned luna moth on a beautiful like gold foiled scrapbooking background what about you I'll have to say the oddity that I am this week is a Victorian morning wreath, which are typically made of human hair. Uh, Specifically, if it was my hair, it would be about 50 different colors. Right now it's (laughs) blue, but I've been every color under the rainbow, so I get to make a nice, beautiful rainbow Victorian wreath. Wow, that sounds very interesting. I've never heard of that. And yeah, I guess mine would be too. We've both had like every hair color. Yep ever i'm i think for halloween i'm about to go like red Hell yeah. i'm about to throw some red in there i'm really excited speaking of halloween before we end this episode uh like i said earlier this is probably our last episode before we start getting into some of the darker scarier halloween uh topics and also we are gonna have a salem trip during this time so look forward to that to hearing our salem journeys which is actually not too far off now i'm very excited about that me too so thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today and listening to some herbs. If there are any herbs that you like to use or feel they need to store a lot of, please let us know uh, in our Instagram comments. All of that will be linked below. You can typically find us anywhere at the Oddity Arcadia. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today and stay out Arcadia.